Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, you look amazing this morning. You feel amazing? Oh, thank you for being here today. Looking forward to our Christmas dinner. The only request that I have is potato salad. That's the only thing. I don't need dessert. I don't need... Mom, I know you're watching, so can you send us some potato salad via UPS or something? Oh, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. I want you to turn in your Bibles to a couple passages of Scripture. I feel a mandate and a very strong um, anointing on me this morning as a result of the message that I'm going to preach. I introduced it to you last Sunday as I talked about, I was going to discuss the issue and talk about America. And I shared with you last Sunday that America is demonized. And I know this may be an awkward um, sermon title and an awkward uh, time to preach this message in the beginning of the Christmas season, but I feel that we can no longer follow uh, liturgical, traditional Christian um, flows and just simply coast while we're in a crisis mode. Our nation is in a crisis mode. Our community is in a crisis mode. Our families, as well as our own individual hearts. I want you to go to Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Again, the title of my message today, America is Demonized. I want you to put your seatbelt on. Not only your lap belt, but your shoulder belt. Because it's going to be bumpy. We're going to hit some pockets. You will be made to feel a little bit uncomfortable today, and that's not my intention, but I just know that in this room there are different worldviews and perspectives. I wished all of us had the same worldview, but I know that all of us did not come from the same background. I know there are different political persuasions in this house. I wish we were all under one political persuasion, but that is not a prerequisite to fellowship or to be a part of our family because I just know the diversity in this room. There's rich people and there's not so rich people. There are highly educated, sophisticated people, and then there are others that uh, just barely made it through school. And there are folks in this room that come into this place with different uh, skin colors. You have a different experience than what I have. You have a different upbringing than I have. You lived maybe in a different neighborhood um, where it was crime-ridden, or perhaps an affluent neighborhood. I understand that in this room today, there is a great degree of diversity. As literally thousands of people are watching online today, there's great diversity in every home and in every community. This message will get a lot of traction. It will go viral. It will cause a backlash simply because I'm going to address some issues today um, that are controversial. I'm going to talk about the reality that America is demonized. Before Jesus, you did not hear much about demons or demonization or being demon-possessed. But as the anointed one came, Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, his presence pulled the, the devil and his imps out of hiding. In the Old Testament, you do not find a lot of demonization or a lot of folks being demonized in the Word of God or being classified as that. But Jesus changed everything. Acts 10 verse 38. I love the scripture. I want you to highlight it in your Bible. I want you to underline it. I'm going to just read it, and then I will move on. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. The Bible says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth 
with a Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. I love that text. It gives us the ministry of Jesus while he was on the earth, as well as the ministry of Jesus while he is now in heaven that he has released to his children. Just as Jesus' anointing literally pulled demons out of hiding, in these last days there is a an anointing that is coming upon certain believers and certain churches that will cause demons to manifest at a high degree in our society, in our churches, in our homes, and even in our lives. What are we going to do about it? We are living in the last days. Your Bible tells us in Matthew That as the days of Noah, so shall it be right before the coming of the Lord. You can get a description of that in Matthew chapter 24 and Genesis chapter 6, where the Bible says that they were drinking and partying, giving in marriage, giving and taking. And he did not elaborate on that. Marriage is not a bad thing. It must have been something more than that. Violence was literally all over the earth. Anger and rage. To the very point where Jesus, or the Father, says, I even regret making man. And I think what he regretted was not the man thing, because he called it good. But I believe it was to the, to the degree that they had already digressed of having such vitriol and hate and wickedness. I think that broke the Father's heart. Another text that I want to read to you is John chapter 8, verse 44. Jesus said this, and this is really the background of my text in 1 John 5, 19. But it says, you are of your father, the devil. There's a lot of people that don't believe in the devil, but Jesus did. And he says, in the desires of your father, you want to do. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. As the days upon us get even more and more bleak and dark, truth will be harder to find. Truth will be denied. It will be minimized. Hmm. When there is total chaos and when there is a total unleashing, uh, I should an unleashing of the hordes of hell, truth will not be able to be found in politics, in life, in relationships, in education, in medicine. Because there will be an agenda of the enemy that will cloak truth and hide it because he's the deceiver and father of all lies. Jesus said when he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. For he is a liar and the father of it. America is demonized. 1 John chapter 5, verse 19 says it this way. We know that we are children of God, and yet that the whole world around us is under the control of the wicked one. Now, guys, this is just good Bible. This is what your word says. The New King James Version says that the whole world is under the sway of the evil one. Do not think for one moment that what we are experiencing is just bad people doing bad things. We are, as a society, as a world, we are all sinners. But it's deeper than that at this point. Never in the history of my life of 57 years have I seen our society and our culture and our nation at the point that it is today. 
So let me just reiterate, my desire today is not to be controversial, even though I'm about to be. I believe that the church has to speak truth. It may be the last beacon of hope for the world. And if the truth cannot be found in the church, then all hope is lost. And that means even uncomfortable truth. We have to get it right. First of all, we have to get right. Politically, socially, relationally, financially, emotional, all of it. We have to get it right. Not perfect, but get it right. We have to get this message right. And I'm not here to pick a fight with you or anybody. I'm not here to stir up your emotions because I am standing in front of a vast majority of people that will believe close to how I believe. But I am obligated, stepping behind this pulpit and the host pastor of the North Georgia Revival, to speak prophetically and intentionally, boldly and courageously, what I believe to be the heart of the Father for us as individuals, us as families, and our nation. I love you. I love this community. I love this land. And I love this nation. We got to get the message right. And here's the message. You ready? We're all sinners. That's got to be preached. Every single one of us in this room are all sinners. The difference is some of us have been saved and others have not. Two classes of people, saved and unsaved. Well, let me put it this way. Saved and those are about to be saved. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All are going to hell unless they get born again. We've got to get this message right. God is holy. He's just. He is to be feared. He is to be dreaded. And he's to be revered. We've lost that in the house of God. He's not our candy man. He's not our Santa Claus. He's not the man upstairs. He's not our buddy. He is God. Full of majesty, full of glory, full of splendor, full of beauty, full of perfection. He's not in your hip pocket. He's not a magic wand. He's not a secret sauce. He is holy. He is just. He is perfect. He needs to be feared. He needs to be dreaded. Paul says, oh, what a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. The message is this, to live outside of God's plan and design is unwise and will lead to an eternity of torment. The message that we have to get right, there are some absolute truths and standards. There is moral certainty and objective truth. We've been in our Society crammed down our throats, subjective truth. 
which truth, basically, when you are subjective in your understanding of truth, you are the Lord of your life to determine what is right and what is wrong based upon your perceptions, your feelings, and your opinions. This book that I hold in my hand that you hold in your lap of 66 books is not a book of subjective truth. It is a very profound, distinct standard of God's expectations and God's commandments. This book is without error. It is infallible. It addresses nearly every issue that humanity will ever face. It does not cover it up. It doesn't portray men as being perfect, both leaders and those that are not leaders, those that claim to be godly and those that failed. This book is a masterpiece of not only of history, but also a clarification of who God is and what he expects from his children that he created. Objective truth is real. It exists. It is steadfast. It is fixed. And it is constant. And this book is filled with that truth. Well, I wasn't educated that way. I was taught to be a free thinker. And I rejoice that you were taught to be a free thinker. But one day all of us will stand before him. And he will not ask you about your feelings or emotions or how you were raised or your worldview or your perspective or your political persuasion. But what he will judge us all on is what was written in this book, this alone, it is the most difficult book on the planet to read. It is the book that since its conception has been the target of the enemy to get rid of it, to destroy it. He cannot do it, even though he has tried. Do you hear me? Mm hmm. He has tried to burn it. He tried to keep it from being translated. And he realizes he can't stop it. So what does he do now? His next plan of action is to water it down, to minimize it, and to allow it to not be the truth, but only one perspective. There is no other book like this. Perfect in every way. Prophetic utterances were given about the Messiah. And the math, if I laid it out before you, would be absolutely astronomical for every one of the prophecies to be fulfilled to the T that were all written by the prophets of old. It is like a modern day newspaper. We see it right before our very eyes unfolding. This is absolute truth. This is where we get our perspective, our worldview. You do not take your perspective and then try to literally filter the word through your perspective. And everything that doesn't fit into your prism of education, influencers in your life, you throw it away. No, you take the word and it becomes your filter of your worldview. That's counterthought. That's counterculture. So, without question, with 100% accuracy, I can say with all boldness, we have a demonized society. We have demons inside of people, we have demons inside of churches, we have demons inside of preachers. We have demons inside of elders. We have demons inside of board members. We have demons inside of deacons. We have demons inside the White House. We have demons inside the houses of Congress. We have demons in hospitals. We have demons 
In schools, we have demons everywhere. When I say America is demonized, it does not mean that every citizen is demonized. However, major entities and organizations have leaders who are demonized. Therefore, it affects their policies and positions. Therefore, it affects us all. Demonized does not mean possession in the sense that we have been brought up to believe. This term demonized, which more accurately describes, is, is a better picture than demon possessed in the Greek language. It describes these conditions. It's both physical and emotional. It begins to influence through the air around, to come up under the control, to be manipulated, to be hypnotized to a, a certain extent that you're not in your right faculties. And given any moment of rationality and common sense, you would say, I shouldn't be doing that. Or that is erroneous. Certain aspects of our society, influential components are demonized. One, media. Both conservative and liberal. Media will spin the news. They will withhold information, manipulate the facts, and they've done a great job of dividing races intentionally. For a political gain. Our media in America is demonized completely and totally from top to bottom. So it's going to cause you to run from the mainstream media to find sources of news. That could, could be equally as biased, but on the other side. If you dig and search long enough, you will begin to find people that will say exactly what you want them to say. And they will spin it and withhold information and manipulate the facts and to divide, even from the conservative standpoint. Black Lives Matters. The slogan is correct. You cannot argue with it. Don't fight it. But the core of it is demonized. Antifa is demonized. Do not believe me. Do not get emotionally engaged in this. Go do the research. Read their articles of, uh, articles of inception. Read their worldview. Read their mission. Read their purpose. Discover and research the founders. They have a goal. It is to divide and it is to conquer. Black lives matter. In every situation, in every case. The black fetus matters. The black child matters. The black teenager matters. The black mother matters. The black father matters. The patriarchs and matriarchs of the black community, they matter. One of the greatest things that you can ever do if you're going to raise up an opposition in culture is to come up with a slogan that nobody can disagree with. Because when you say black lives don't matter, you become emotionally engaged and you automatically ostracize yourself from those who are black. I'm speaking in general terms.
say, I agree. Just simply, when they, you hear that, I, you're exactly right. Let's talk about it. Tell me about your upbringing. Tell me about how you were looked at in school. Tell me what it was like to be the only black person in school. Hear and listen. The concept, the slogan is right. It matters. And they matter. Every one of them. But the movement. Movement, the core, the heart of it, the guts of it, the intestines of it is demonic and demonized. Their agenda, if you research, is socialism and communism, a godless society. It amazes to me how many black pastors that I have heard of. Embrace the slogan, but also embrace the core. That is disheartening to me. And feel erroneous. But black pastors and white pastors and mainstream media have been too afraid for the most part, not all, to talk about it, and to deal with it. They're fearful of the repercussions. They're fearful of the economic engine of the council culture that can eliminate and remove your influence with one tweet. So those that are watching over our nation have coddled and bowed the knee. And division in this country is increasing rather than decreasing. Animosity between the races that were being healed and continue to be healed have now been ignited because we no longer have civil conversations because we are emotionally engaged. Black lives matter. No, all lives matter. Boom, opposite sides. And all of a sudden, the person that you work with, now you had a conversation. Now you're, boom, you're opposite of one another. Well, you don't know how I would feel. Well, you need to get over it. But the core of it, and I want you to hear me well, and I want you to hear me well. Every black life matters. Do not come up to me and say all lives matter. All lives matter, but black lives matter. White lives matter. Hispanic lives matter. But I understand the black lives matter slogan. I get it. I need you to get it. But the core of this is from the very pit of hell. It is from the very depth and being of the heart of Satan. Nowhere in your Bible, nowhere in your Bible is socialism or communism ever hinted at as a quality way of life for anybody. Not any place. Not one place, not one scripture can you find where socialism is a biblical worldview. It's not in the heart of God. It's not from God. And every society that has ever embraced it has come up under an authoritative rule 
being dominated by one or two people and a military that tells them what they can and can't do. I was there shortly after the walls fell in Russia. Very shortly, still watching people literally have to get into food lines for bread. Socialism is a great idea as long as there's plenty of money. But there will come a time that the money will run out. My Lord, okay? If you're not offended, that's a good thing. If you are, I, I love you and, and I still stand behind what I say today. Yeah. Now, until, until pastors begin to talk about this honestly and hit it head on, we're going to continue to become a more divided nation. Work to do? Absolutely. Improvement on every side? Absolutely. Next. Our public education system, and I am grateful for John Barge, who's going to be running for the state school superintendent. I am grateful for every educator in the room. We have tons and tons and tons of you. School boards, school systems across Georgia, many of them are conservative in their perspective, doing the best that they can, but there is a spirit over our schools. Our boards, education, that is demonic. I'm not saying that every person in school systems, school boards are demonized. I'm not saying there's a spirit. When public libraries have books that I'm going to show you on the screen, called Lawn Boy and Gender Queer that have pornographic images in public schools. There's an issue. We know that school, when we sent our children and are sending our children to be educated, that we are surrendering our children's minds, their bodies, and their spirits and souls into the hands of we, of people that we trust to teach them how to read, how to do math, and how to write. But over the last few decades, there has been a shift to indoctrinate Children based upon a worldview that is anti-biblical. I'm not saying public schools need to teach the Bible, should teach the Bible, but there are certain moral standards that a fifth grader or fourth grader or a ninth grader should have literally embedded into their life. And it doesn't really matter what religion, Hindu, Muslim, it doesn't matter. There are certain components that literally these religions, most of us agree, be good to people. Be kind to one another. Talk to me. Just an article that came up Thursday marks the first school board meeting since FCBS reintroduced the controversial books. Lawn Boy by Jonathan Evison includes long sections of a boy reminiscent about explicit experiences he had at 10 years old. And Genderqueer, a memoir by Maya Kababy, includes photos of sexual acts between a boy and a man. Now watch this. In the public school system. Parents got so irate that they pulled 
the, the books from the library and then selected an, in, an in, supposedly an independent council to review the books to see if they were what the parents said. Fairfax County Public Schools announced that it had restored the books to the libraries after not one, but two committees consisting of librarians, administrators, parents, and students had reviewed them. The committees claim the books are not obscene and do not contain pedophilia. Now, I'm going to tell you something right here. When, when I say America is demonized, this is exactly proof that it is. Because the right mind, a common sense mind, a person looking at that picture or looking at those images and pulling out the Webster's Dictionary that says pedophilia is sex between an adult and a minor. And then you have sophisticated, supposedly, supposedly educated individuals looking at the images of a boy having a sex with a man. And they say it doesn't contain pedophilia. What happens is in education a lot of times when it becomes demonized, they begin to redefine things based upon subjective truth, not moral absolutes. What feels good, what's now acceptable. That's why every single one of us, when it comes election time, God has placed in this republic, God has given us the responsibility and the freedom to elect our public officials. It is a sin. I'm going to call it straight forward. If you don't vote, you, you're, listen, I don't want to hear you complain. I don't want to hear you gripe. I don't want to see you protesting. I don't want to see your stuff on Facebook. God is, I'm telling you, every one of us in this room, ought to take 10 people to the polls and say, let me tell you something. Here's how my family's going to vote. And enough with this garbage and this trash. And as long as you've had the mentality, well, God will have in office whomever he wants to have you. How has that worked out for us lately? How has that worked out for us lately? Essentially, child pornography. Ohio mayor asked school board to resign over racy writing assignments. Asking children to describe on paper their sexual experiences as a, as a writing assignment. Thank God for the mayor in Ohio that had the guts. Every stinking one of you ought to resign. Back to the previous one. Langdon argued that such books violate the FCC's regulations on obscenity. So media outlets cannot carry it. They can't carry it, but it can be in your public library. How is it that these materials, which cannot be shown to America, magically become legal when you step inside a school library? Chris Hensel, father of three, claimed that the committees reviewing lawn boy and genderqueer consisted of teachers and administrators who worked for the school board and who could, be, who could be counted on to give the answers they wanted. They've doubled down on porn in the schools. They've all got to go. Stacy Landon, the Fairfax mother who confronted the school board with images from the books in September, told Fox News who's in favor of the porn in the schools. Parents protested outside of the Luther Jackson Middle School, holding signs, no porn in schools, wearing T-shirts, reading Mama Grizzly and Papa Grizzly and holding signs featuring the photos of school board members with the text, resign. During the school board meeting, some students and parents spoke in favor of the books, arguing that they provide important representation for the LGBTQ students who other parents said that doesn't justify porn in schools. 
When Langdon spoke, she brought up two additional books, All Boys Aren't Blue by George Zim Johnson and Decelerate Blue by Adam Ratt. She said the first book includes a description of a 13-year-old boy being sodomized by his 18-year-old cousin, and the other book includes obscene pictures of sex acts. And you think it's bad now. You continue to let educators like this educate and indoctrinate your children. There's no telling where we're going to be 10 to 15 to 20 years from now. Now, you can sleep on it all you want to. You can stick your head in the sand and say, well, God's in control. Let me tell you something. God is not in control of this. This is humanity at its depravity, full of wickedness and debauchery. This is man doing what man does under the influence of the father of lies. While God's people sit on their hands and say, you know what? I'm just too tired. I'm just too. Our educational system, I'm going to say it so there's no misunderstanding. Generally, by and large, overall, the American educational public school system is demonized. It is demonized. I'm going to say it so you do not misquote me, misunderstand me. Uh, it is completely demonized. Not every teacher. Thank God for the lights that are going into the darkness. Thank you for the principals that are standing up. Thank you for the school board members. Thank you for the council members that are standing up. Thank you for the mayors that said, not in this town, not in this district, not among our kids. Thank God that we have lights in this room penetrating the darkness. Hold your ground, teachers. Hold your ground, teachers. Don't you compromise. You may get kicked out of the union. You may be fired, but hold your ground. Don't compromise. Don't keep quiet. Speak what you need to speak. Say what you need to say. Somebody with some moral fortitude needs to rise up and say enough is enough of this garbage. In fact, more of you need to go to the public education. More of you need to get into the school system. Let's turn it upside down. Let there be tongue talkers going through the hallway. Let there be teachers that speak in the Holy Ghost over their kids. May there be principals and administrators that are not coddled and overwhelmed with the political spirit of demonization coming upon us. Either you do it this way or you're out. And they will crumble under that pressure. We need to pray for every school board member. We need to pray for every school board superintendent that they will have the boldness of Daniel. They will be like eh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Whether it costs me my life or not, I'm not going to bow my knee to this nonsense. Absolutely absurd. LGBTQT demonize. And a small percentage of people have forced their agenda on the rest of us. No longer does common sense, basic science, pure medicine, rational thought govern the day. There is gender confusion, sexual confusion, medical field is beginning to change their pronouns. I know you have all the fixings for a boy. But because you're having a bad day, you want to be a girl, so we're going to give you the pronoun of she. Now you identify as a she. That is mentally, hear me, mentally, spiritually, psychologically, and emotionally unhealthy, subjective, not objective. It is demonized. Well, I have feelings. You know, there are times that all of us have weird feelings. Sometimes I feel like I want to hurt somebody. Sometimes I got a feeling that I want to cuss. Sometimes I got a feeling that I want to spend all my money on something frivolous. Anybody have that kind of feeling? But then you begin to begin to think about, let me grab a hole. Let me, let me, let me reel this in just a little bit. Well, I, I was born that way. Where 
is that science? Please, somebody in the, in, in, in the world, show me where it is medically proven. Now, they have ideas. They, they, they're running tests. And you can run any test you want to do to get the results that you want when you manipulate. So don't bring me something bogus. Not a one of us, when this crazy teenager walks into a high school in Michigan and begins to kill people, he had feelings. Oh, now we want to have some more absolutes. Don't get upset because he mowed some people down. Because he had feelings of rejection, being bullied. Angered, didn't feel good about his, his own self, and so he acted it out. And I'm born a liar. I'm born an adulterer. I'm born a thief. I am born a manipulator. I am born a deceiver. Nobody had to teach me how to bite. Come on now, somebody. A kid took a toy. I just took a chunk out of his arm. Amen. No one didn't have to teach me how to pull hair and to fight and to claw. No one had to teach me how to lie when someone had been between me and him and, and uh, getting in trouble with an educator. Nobody had to teach me how to lie. That's on the inside of me. That's innate. That's what I'm born into. But we understand that we control those things and we look at science and we look at medicine and we look at biology and we say, no, honey, I know you may be identifying as a dog today. I know, I know that you may feel like you're a little pussycat. I know that you're having a bad day, but you're not going to lick your arm. You're not, you're not going to, we're not going to bring the litter box into the schoolhouse. You're not going to bring the litter box into the schoolhouse and you're not going to squat in the corner with your little fuzzy ears and your little tail. We're not going to do it. Somebody's got to stand up and say, stop the insanity. Stop the stupidity. But because no one said no, it goes from one point to the next. If you never tell someone to stop lying, they continue to lie. Today's culture talks about rights, privileges, feelings, and offenses. In the past, we talked about obligations, responsibilities, and integrity. We talked about, hey, bend over, I'm about to bust your butt. I remember in high school, and I know, I know some of you, well, that's in the old days. No, it wasn't. I remember when I got an unsatisfactory report in conduct. You either got the S or the U. Yeah. And I, I got the U a lot of times. And I never forget. I never forget. They didn't call mama. They didn't, they didn't ask mama what I needed to do. Now, they told mama, but they handled it in the coach's locker room or in the locker room. They brought out this big piece of board that had holes drilled in it so there would no be no... So he can come without any resistance, no, no draft. Come on. And, and, and the whole football team would gather around. He'd say, Todd, put your hands on the wall. He took that paddle. And I'm just like this. And if you knew that you got the, the U and you were going to get a lick or two, you always wore thick underwear. Flannel. And he'd take that paddle, and he'd go like this, and then he'd tease you. Everything in your butt cheeks would tighten up. You'd be... <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? Everybody's going crazy in the locker room. And he'd come back, and he would wallop you and, and then he lifts you off the ground and you're running around like this 
everybody, 50 to 70 other football players laughing, high-fiving. I'm talking about it. And he'll say, you got another one coming. He says, this is the, he said this. He said, my football players are going to know how to act in the, cl- in the classroom. You're not going to be disrespectful. You're not going to act up. You're representing more than yourself. You're representing me as a coach. You're representing this high school. I'm not suggesting that we do that. I'm just telling you the way it was. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't want my baby to be hit. Okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh I remember being in Africa at a crusade. There were some kids, listen, there were some kids running around Africa. One of the, just the usher had a stick. Bam, right on top of the head, little rod, bam. Parents going. That's the same culture. That's the same culture. I took my first mission trip, not my first mission trip, but we took a trip to Africa. And um, a gentleman stole some chickens. Traffic backed up. We see about a half a mile in front of us. See this black smoke. They chopped his arm off. They put him in a set of four tires. Big tires. Poured gasoline on him. Set him on fire. I drive by with a group of short-term missionaries and you see a body on fire and a set of tires. I'm not saying we need a vigilante, but I'm here to tell you, this sends a message. Don't steal your neighbor's chickens. You steal chickens, we're coming. Now let that go viral. Because they'll piece it. Just be aware, full context. All right. It is amazing to me that we're living in a completely demonized society when dozens of looters rush California Nordstrom store. And where's the police? Oh, I can tell you where they are. They're funded by a bunch of lunatics. Uh, we don't need poli- Now, where's the police? America's demonized when 80 people can walk in a Nordstrom store with no resistance, no one really saying anything about it, and steal whatever they want to steal. We have lost control of our society. Looters raid San Jose jewelry stores. California smash and grab wave continues. America's demonized when you go down the road and somebody cuts you off. And just being a little upset is not enough. Now you want to get out of a car. And you want to take a stick and beat somebody to death. You talk about a rage in this country. You talk about anger. I'm talking about elderly women getting out, pulling each other's blue hair. I'm talking about just going completely, completely bonkers. Grown men getting out of their car thinking, well, I'm going to prove Who's, who's right? Five minutes earlier, if they were sitting at Starbucks, they could have had a conversation with one another talking about Christmas. But because of one moment, someone cut them off, someone wouldn't let them in, somebody going too fast, rage hits them in a moment. You tell me that America is not demonized. When respectable PTA members 
I don't know what in the world they're thinking they're going to do and why this is acceptable in our culture. Tell me our school systems are not demonized. What daddy, every father, if you have a daughter, you ought to run to every board meeting if this ever happens in our city, in our county, and say, no, 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 no. Would ever put your 9, 10, 12-year-old girl and allow a 9, 10, 12, 13 hormonal boy to walk into the same bathroom. We've lost our ever loving mind. All for the sake of not equality, but equity. Equality is great. Equal opportunity, equal chances. Equity is a buzzword, which means we are all going to share and share alike. If you make A's and I make an F, I'm going to take your A because we need equity. You make $100,000 a year because you work 75 hours a week and you've started your own business and you've done all these things and then somebody stays home and plays video games because they fell at one time and they have a pain in their lower leg. They want you to go work for them and to drop your pay from 100 to 60 and up their pay from 24,000 government aid to 60 because they call that equity. We're all having equitable. Be very careful about this buzzword. Equity is a demonic word. In the sense, it takes lazy people and keeps them lazy. And it takes very progressive prosperous people, and demoralizes them. Why would I want to work 70 hours a week to buy my home, a car, pay the education for my children, if all of it's going to be taken from me to give to you who do nothing? Our nation was not founded upon that mindset, but because we've sat back, we've limited our involvement in politics, we've, we've limited our involvement in the public specter, we wanted to be quiet and nice. What has happened now, equity is the call of the day, not equality. The media use equity where they used to use equality. When equality became literally uh, achievable, because everybody can get an education. Everybody now can go to work. Everybody can start a business. Everybody. But now that's not enough. Now they want to take care of someone who pushes drugs and give them what you have to them because it's unfair for you to have all that. America is demonized. I'll finish this next week. And I will talk about the church's responsibility. I got there a little bit, but I'm not completely there. Stand with me. All right, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we bless you. We thank you for uh, the house. We thank you, Lord, for revival. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you, Lord, for all peoples. Mm hmm. We pray for such a unity in the house, Lord, such a peace. Yeah. We pray for clarity, greater glory, more your presence. Yeah. Let's just pray. Let's pray out loud.
let you go. Here's what I need from you tonight, tonight, tonight. Week 200. There'll never be another 200th week. There'll never be week 200. The only hope for America is the church. God started something here. Pastor Marty, 200 weeks ago. Tonight, the 5 o'clock prayer, 6 o'clock revival, Bishop. So, Lord, make it happen tonight. Blow our minds. Greater glory, greater fire. Use us, oh God. Little Dawsonville, Christ Fellowship. A small little church. Use us, God. In Jesus' name. And everybody say, Amen. God bless you. Thank you.